0: Sarah, I'm very tired today. <laughs> I am too. Have you had a Are coffee? Are you? I have coffee with me right now. Do you have coffee? I made a pot before. I just
1: finished one. So Did
0: you? Yeah. Um, it, it just occurred to me this morning, and it, it kind of snuck up on me, that tomorrow is my dad's... Uh, my he's He died seven years ago tomorrow. Mm. And yeah, and I, I just am anticipating the the weepy phone call from my sister and, yeah, but, but still the moment, like I typically go over to St. Ignatius and I light a candle and, you know, my sisters do the, do those memorial masses, which I hate. I find them depressing as did my father, by the way. And I always try to tell my sisters, you know, dad hated that stuff. You know, he felt it was really sort of wallowing and yeah, you know, no, 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 we were going to do this and so whatever. Uh, so, I go to St. Ignatius and I light a candle and I sit there uh, with, you know, and I just sit and think about my dad and in my mind I talk to him and that's how I remember him. But uh, to... it, It's weird how as the years go on, you forget. You forget that date until something reminds you. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that is weighing on me just a little bit. But hopefully... Um, I'll be able to, I'm going to try and I'm going to make sure to keep myself occupied. What a depressing way to start the show. Hi, welcome everybody. Yay. Women on top podcast. We, <laughs> yay. yay! death. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so Sarah, yes. Are you a big little lies person? Uh,
1: sort of, I'm not, I wouldn't say that I'm all in. Mm-hmm. I'm like a casual fan, but I I am up to date.
0: You are. So did you you watched last season and then started watching this season? Yes. What did you think?
1: I can't get past the bangs.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: I can't get past them. I
0: think They're I just saw. An, I think I just saw an article <laughs> called "Big Little Bangs." <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but I I thought it was a really subtle. Um, and kind of brilliant move on the on the part of the customers because, of course, women always get bangs when they've endured some trauma that they haven't fully coped with yet. <laughs> so wait, are you saying
0: that they all have bangs? Or are you just no, talking no, about no, Shailene just, Woodley? Um,
1: just Shailene, yeah, um, yeah. So, um, but I also i had a, i had trouble with her character last season too. I here's a I fun don't fact: understand how she lives there. That's my question.
0: Well, she—I think she was looking for the man that raped her, but and that brought but my her there. my question is,
1: how is she, literally how is she there? like her money situation makes no sense to me. That character can't even afford to park her car in
0: Monterey. Well, I mean, Monica and and Rachel afforded. <laughs> A had a a rent-stabilized apartment that they inherited from her aunt or something like that, and I think they only paid, like, $500 a month. So um, I don't know. I just need an explanation.
1: Um, My understanding
0: is that in the
1: the book, um, the story is set in Australia, and so maybe that just doesn't – you know, I've not been to Australia, but maybe they don't have quite the degree of stratification that we do.
0: (laughs) I don't know. Well, it sounds – it sounds like she lives and it looks like she lives on sort of like a beachy, like a cottage type house. And uh-huh. maybe that costs less <laughs> and, and that it's on the water. I mean I I don't I don't know. You're I don't telling
1: know. me that you you think it's possible that a house on the water costs less.
0: Than what what Reese Witherspoon and Laura Dern live in? <laughs> <laughs> They're more than yes. maybe, but I don't I still know still still it looks like a very modest small little cottage and in my mind it is so in
1: monterey Uh, that's that's two million dollars
0: but you have to know that that's not that like that's not a house that's like it there's it's i don't know to me it just looks like this teeny tiny cottage it doesn't look very glamorous at all or, or or updated in any way it's not, but it's the location, Kristen. <laughs> I can't get past well, it. Well, okay. All right. Well, we're just going to have, have to suspend the disbelief. We'll I know you've been in your place a while, but I no, don't- I'm rent <laughs> controlled. Are you kidding me? They're going to have to carry me out here on in, in a body bag. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, you, you better stay where you are. Right. Um, but yeah, I just I can't get past the bangs and I can't get past just the
0: existence of that character because it yeah. just doesn't it doesn't make sense. Here's a fun fact. So last season when I was watching the show and they had the original guy that we thought was Ziggy's father, the redheaded guy, mm-hmm. I've actually written about him on my blog. He's a guy I used to hook up with somewhat uh, regularly years ago. Okay. Probably like, I don't know, 10 years ago. Um, and so, yeah, that was a little bit weird. <laughs> At one point last year, he's become very, he's become very vocal, like a vocal ally, and that's cool. But I emailed him through Instagram, and I said, you know, I'm pretty sure I remember you saying X, Y, Z to me while we were in bed. So it's great that you're becoming an ally, but please remember that, you know, pl- please remember that that you said these things, and and to be if you really want to like be sincere, if you're going to be sincere about this, don't say this because you're part of this show, this like show that's, that's promoting women empowerment and feminism. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't take this on to try and promote yourself. And he you replied. Stop? He did. Yeah, he did. He said, I, I, you know what? I'm I'm very sorry about that. I never should have said something like that. I really hope that I've become a better person. than. to to say that. And it wasn't anything terribly awful. It was more about my weight and, uh, you know, whatever. It was one of those things. But uh, yeah, that's my little, that's my little connection to Big Little Lies last season. So what I liked about that show, I liked, it was very insulated and that's my dog, that's my dog yawning listening to me. (laughs) It, it was a very insulated story, you know. The neme- each character's nemesis was within that that uh, ensemble. Yes, and I love a strong ensemble cast. With a strong ensemble cast, I, I think you can even get past like bad writing. Mm-hmm. Not that this was bad writing, but I, this was such a strong ensemble cast, and they kept everything within that circle. So Laura Dern was Reese Witherspoon's nemesis and Zoe Kravitz was Reese Witherspoon's nemesis, noticing a pattern. The daughter was Reese Witherspoon's nemesis. Uh, And it it became, it was more contained. And this season, it's only one episode in. So if you haven't seen it, we're going to do a little spoilery, spoiler alert here. If you haven't seen it and you don't want to hear anything. So... Adding Meryl Streep to the cast—it's mm-hmm. kind of like inviting Meryl Streep to your kid's, fi- you know, um, fifth birthday party. Because once Meryl Streep arrives, once Meryl Streep arrives, nobody gives a shit about your kid, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that's kind of how I feel now. I kind of feel like that uh, that strong ensemble from last season has been blown apart a bit by this. Force this. This and maybe this works with the story because she's clearly going to be the undoing of this lie that they've all been telling, and so maybe that it her presence in the cast does sort of maybe that's what I'm picking up on is oh she's she's disrupting this and the focus is all on her because it's the great Meryl Streep and every scene is you know a, a masterclass in acting. So I I don't know how I feel about this so far. I don't want it to become a mystery. Okay. I don't want it to become that because last season it was it was more than that. Yeah. There was more to it. I don't you know, know where sure,
1: the book ends. I assume it ends with the death, but um, I I mean I think who would you, who would you prefer to see instead of Meryl Streep? Have you thought about that?
0: Who would I prefer to see? That's a really good question. Uh, yeah. So what we're talking about a woman in her sixties, right? Maybe Annette Bening. Hard to find. Annette <laughs> Bening. Okay. Might be really good. Mm-hmm. You don't think she's too much
1: of a tour de force, though, too?
0: I think she's a tour de force, but in a much more subtle way. Okay. I, and I love Annette Bening. I, I've, every time she's nominated for an Academy Award, Hilary Swank's nominated, and Hilary Swank always takes the award. Uh, but yeah. I, yeah. She, I think she's great. I think she's very underrated.
1: But she, she's yeah, very she subtle.
0: Like, she doesn't come on and she doesn't take over. Like, she doesn't suck all the air out of the room. Not that Meryl Streep does that. But Meryl Streep has such a presence. She's, I mean, that's what. She's too good. <laughs> she's too good. I mean, I, I, yeah. any you yeah. can. To watch Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> I mean that th- one line why is no one ready <laughs> she can take the simplest of lines and just and turn it into this you know oh what did what did she say oh flowers for spring groundbreaking <laughs> <laughs> and what could have been you know just sort of this throwaway funny line like she makes it into something so much bigger yeah. there she, there's a presence to her where And this is what makes her such a great actress is when she walks on screen, you're, you're in, and it's not just because she's Meryl Streep, this great actress, it's because there's something about her, this, it's her presence. Everywhere she goes, there's just something about her that grabs you. Yeah. So I
1: I think she works in that role because there's something evil, slightly (laughs) menacing about her. Mm hmm. That I don't, I don't know that Annette Benning has. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, try, I'm trying to think of Annette Bening's, uh resume here. I, I don't know. I, let me just Google it.
0: American Beauty,
1: for sure. Um, what else?
0: That's all I can think of. Yeah, I, I, I. Who else? Like, who else in there? Michelle Pfeiffer. Hmm. Michelle Pfeiffer.
1: Well, Michelle Pfeiffer makes sense as. Um, Alexander Skarsgård's mom—that's for sure,
0: right? Just in terms of looks, yeah. Um, is Julianne Moore
1: in her sixties? I think she's no. very, very. Underrated.
0: Oh no, okay. Julianne Moore's my age. Uh, well, that's too bad. I think I think fifty, fifty-one, maybe, Let's maybe. See. And you have to keep in mind too, Julianne Moore and Nicole Kidman would be peers.
1: Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um. So, Annette Bening, I haven't. I haven't
0: seen most of what she's done, actually. Yeah, it's uh, wait, a minute. no, and let's like think maybe like foreign actresses. Who is the one I'm thinking? I think it is it Isabel who Hup- who Hup- I can't Isabel pronounce Austin her last name. <laughs> no, please, <laughs> no uh, Isabel H uh, U P P E R T. She was nominated for an Oscar a few years ago. Uh, to where she's there. What is Hubbard? Hubbard? Some, I I think that's what I'm thinking of. People people listening, are like, who the fuck cares about this? We do, <laughs> <laughs> just so that you know. But right, what you're basically what you're trying to say is who could play this role, right. but Streep. Yeah, and it's kind of like who could play Miranda Priestley but Streep. Well, I, I will say, I think Annette Bening could have been great in it too.
1: Oh, you know who came up when I googled Isabel Huppert? Um, who Catherine Denev which is a really good option.
0: Yes, <laughs> that is a good option too. But is she in her sixties or is she in her seventies? She
1: might be in her seventies, but I think that. Well, yeah, and
0: how, yeah, I think the I think they're supposed to be what forty. So that makes sense. Right. That could be, but who knows? Yeah, I, there is. It's her. It's her delivery. It is. It's the way she can sit there and go. You're very short. <laughs> <laughs> and Reese like, y'all, what? <laughs> I, and, I, and I have to say, I I am not a Reese Witherspoon fan ever since that, that tape of her being arrested or well, being pulled over. Oh, she was pulled over for, I don't know if the husband was speeding. I don't know what the story was, but she got out of the car and she was hammered and she pulled the whole, do you know who I am? Yeah. Bullshit. But then when you see her doing her interviews for her book club, it's, hey, y'all, like she's fucking Paula Dean yeah. all of a sudden. I, I just, there's something very disingenuous about her and I don't like the fact that she acquires and options all these books. Yeah, I've uh, seen that. And, and, <laughs> but, and she says, well, you know, and I decided I wanted to start making movies for women that had great roles. Well, for women or for you, because you seem to always be the lead yeah. in everything you acquire. So I'm not really sure. And I I kind of, she was supposed to be in God Girl, she was supposed to be oh, like, Amy. Yeah, and David Fincher was like, mm, "I'm not seeing it."
1: <laughs> that would have been wild.
0: <laughs> it, it, it never, and that—that's another one. I th- no, I think, I mean, Rosamund Pike was great in it, but I—I I do think uh, another actress could have been great in it. I—I, I, but Reese With- Witherspoon is not one of those actresses. <laughs> well, but what if she had pulled that off? If she had pulled that off, that would have been. That would have been incredible and I would have a whole Newfound respect for her but and I'm sure She did I'm sure she saw like oh I'm so Tired of these fucking legally blonde Movies yeah (laughs) let me get Really sink my teeth into something But she also bought the book The luckiest girl alive did you ever read that
1: No is that the one That's like about um It's like about
0: superheroes Or something No oh well no I haven't Read it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a, It's about a woman who experienced a, 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 a life-changing trauma in her teens, and she has to go back home. Oh. I think it's...
1: Yes, I did read it. I'm looking at the cover now. Yes, I did yeah,
0: read it. Reese Witherspoon acquired that too, and I'm sure it's just a coincidence that the antagonist is a 30-something blonde. So,
1: <laughs> mm, anyway. You know, that's kind of a meaty role too.
0: It, yeah it is but it's very much uh amy dunn it's it's amy dunn light
1: it is amy dunn light yeah it's um
0: so yeah. in any case um well, yeah hopefully so, she'll
1: do a good job with it good luck reese good luck <laughs> we're behind you we're rooting for y'all
0: <laughs> you got this <laughs> you got it girl we're behind you um so you suggested that I listen to a podcast mm-hmm. called The Gateway. I did. And it's about a it's about a cult leader. Mm-hmm. Supposed cult leader. What, what was her name again? Teal, right? Teal Swan. Teal Swan. I mean, really, if you're going to be a cult leader, that is the best name possible. It's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> and initially I was very much not into it. Because I felt, you know, I've never heard anybody talking about this. And will people really care? Hmm. But uh, the more I saw certain things on Instagram this week that enraged me. And and saw how easy it is for people like Teal Swan to suck people into and draw people into their web. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, let me give this a try. And now I'm on the third episode and... Holy shit. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Because you listen to her and you're kind of like, oh, she
1: kind of makes sense. She kind of does. At she first. It does. First, at first.
0: But, but when she starts with it, but then I could see her energy. And it really is all that woo woo bullshit uh-huh. that I hate. That I hate. I hate these spiritual uh, and these transformation coaches not a thing by the way yeah not a thing stop falling for it and i'm i'm imploring everybody that if you do hire a coach and or you do want to go to some sort of you do want to do some sort of spiritual work please make sure that whoever you go to is certified and has taken the time to learn how to do this properly because this is a perfect, th- this podcast is a perfect example of why this industry should be regulated.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because she, I mean, she essentially, oh, and it's question, do you want, why don't you take it? You want me to Honey, take it home. Her, her uh, deal? You, you summarize. Well. yeah. summarize what happened. Um. Oh well,
1: I'm not through the through the podcast either, but um I can try to explain Teal Swan's whole shtick if that's what you're looking for. Yes. Okay. So Teal Swan is um TS. TS, yeah, is I I think very fascinating because she is a cult leader. But yes. she also um I guess I I guess I'm fascinated with her because I liked I like talking about where the line is with with different people between mm-hmm. cult leader and you know just sort of like quirky internet personality. Um, mm-hmm. she's recently been in the news again because she had been i I guess allegedly <laughs> um, encouraging people to commit suicide. Oof. So that's what that's what brought her back to the kind of the forefront of the news, but I stumbled across her a year or two ago um, when she was first coming to prominence as the Gucci guru. That's what we used to call her um, because she used to, I guess, wear a lot of Gucci, and <laughs> I don't know. Of course, you know if, what what spiritual guru doesn't? Yeah, right. Um, but so I guess she likes Gucci, and. Um, the other thing about her is, um, and I would argue that this has been an important part of her success, um, she's she's very striking looking. I, uh-huh.
0: uh, she's,
1: she's classically beautiful. I don't know how mm-hmm. tall she is, but she has dark hair and these very pale eyes that are either green or blue. So it's like a really good striking contrast. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if you're going to be a cult leader, you have to be charismatic, right? So that's obviously helping. Um, and when you listen to her, depending on where you start listening, she actually does kind of make sense. I I think her whole shtick started out because she was disagreeing with some pretty fundamental tenets in psychiatry.
0: Yeah, um, I would say so, I, after listening to it, yeah.
1: <laughs> and But I think that that, Kind of makes sense on some level too, right? Because I, I think it's it's true of mental health in America in 2019 that unless you are already to the point of total desperation, you really can't get help. I mean, if you... And also, if you don't have insurance, right? If you don't have someone encouraging you to go, there's a lot of right. barriers and a lot of hurdles.
0: Yes, mental and that health- is... That is uh- one reason why coaching is becoming a a, a a huge industry is because more people are hiring coaches than going to therapists because right. therapists cost more.
1: Right, um, and so that's kind of how she took off, I guess. As she was saying, you know, there's all these barriers, um, but then where she kind of lost me, <laughs> in here's some cult terrier territory. It's pretty quickly after that, right? When she claims that she has the answers to your to your mental health
0: problems, right? And, she has the answers, so and so forth. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take the baton here for a second. Mm-hmm. So she has a client named Leslie, and Leslie uh, is, I, I assume, suffering from deep, deep depression mm-hmm. and, and, and mental illness, and. Teal decides that uh, when she meets with Leslie, that she's going to guide her through some repressed memories. Mm -hmm. Now, repressed memories are widely, but not completely, but widely disregarded in the psychiatric community for a reason. And it's because many therapists believe that during these sessions, ideas and thoughts and memories can actually be planted into the patient's memory.
1: Yeah,
0: and so whatever comes up from it, it, it can't it can't be trusted basically because they don't know if it's real or if it was planted. So uh, Teal works with Leslie, and she decides she Leslie decides that through this repressed memory work she realizes she was sexually abused by her father. And this sort of propels her into a deeper depression. And once again, I will say, this is why this industry needs to be regulated because you cannot have some nobody, some woo-woo, you know, let me smudge your house and cleanse it or whatever the fuck she does. You cannot have somebody working with people on help on uh, discovering repressed memories. You need to, if you're going to do that, you need to be with a medical professional because of what that could uncover. And so right there, that's where I went, she's reckless, but there was more to the story. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) There's more to the story because as you said, she's very attractive. So we meet, Leslie's husband, who's, who says, well, when I first met, uh, Teal, I mean, I-, I was very attracted to her. I mean, not, not sexually. Of course not. And it's like, oh, of course, sure, Jan. Okay, sure. I, I he, and then he like sort of trips, trips over <laughs> himself. But then we find out that when Leslie, Leslie apparently took a, a ton of pills mm-hmm. and fell asleep, but never woke up and we're led to believe that she killed herself because there were pill bottles by the nightstand and there were instructions on all her finances and what to do. Mm-hmm. But there's just one little thing that's kind of making everybody wonder what exactly happened. And it was that her husband didn't check on her for almost 24 hours. She went to sleep and her husband didn't go to check on her in bed until 5 30 PM the next day. Yeah. Yeah. so, then we revisit the husband. The, the narrator is revisiting the husband, and he's talking about these fifteen hundred dollars paintings of teals that he he purchased. He purchased a bunch of her, her paintings,
1: yeah, like twenty.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, he, a lot. Let's just put it that yeah. way. And he's telling the narrator, "Oh, I, I can't, I can't hang them up. You know, the women, the woman I was dating, she she would get very jealous." Mm-hmm. And the narrator's like, "Hmm, why's that?" <laughs> like not even hiding <laughs> like really tell me more and oh because she's she's very jealous of teal's um uh accomplishments it's like nope that's not why <laughs> oh i'm sorry
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's not why you creep so there's, yeah, there's a lot to this, but no, the really. idea, the idea of people blindly following somebody because, and let's face it. And you know, we have Teal Swan and then we have, uh, our friend miles with a Y, yeah. you know, who, uh, I, I found this gem on his Instagram. Um, He put it in his highlights. He had people ask him questions, which is basically just a fucking thirst trap. Mm -hmm. And the question was, how can I forget my ex-boyfriend who stole lots of money from me and manipulated me? And Miles with a wise answer, understand he was in a bad place. Still might be. Sad, really. Accept what happened and accept responsibility for choosing him as your boyfriend. Forgive him. Forgive yourself. Be grateful for the lessons. Who you choose to date is a reflection of what you think you deserve. Choose better. You deserve better. Now, we all know that if Miles with a Y looked like Jonah Hill, not that Jonah Hill's not a good-looking man, but he's not conventionally attractive, we all know that if he looked like Jonah Hill, nobody would give this guy the time of day. I feel like we need to, I don't know, even Jonah
1: Hill... He's, he's got some fans. Let's say if he looks like Woody Allen.
0: Okay. <laughs> I, I just don't like Woody Allen in general. I don't like using him as an example. I just pretend like he doesn't well, exist. that's why that's a good choice. Exa- right? I, I see what you're saying, <laughs> right. Um, but this is a case of the this sort of wording, this sort of language, where he's essentially blaming a woman yeah. who was abused or manipulated by a man the man was in a bad place mm-hmm. you know mm. I feel bad for him he was in a bad place but you wow did you fuck up <laughs> and nobody people listen to him and nobody there isn't one in his comments and I've gone through these comments like nobody ever ever challenges him and it's a bunch of hot girls now i don't I don't know how many of those followers are real mm-hmm. I don't know if he's logging in and having people leave comments, but some of these people, they're real women. And some of them are holistic coaches. Yeah. They're, they're, uh, life coaches. And I'm thinking now that. How dangerous is that? Now here's this woman getting sucked into what this guy is saying. And the, this is how he, and this is how these cult leaders draw people in is they use stories like this because you and I might read this and say, fuck that guy. I'm not going to feel bad for him. This has nothing to do with me. But somebody with low self-esteem, somebody who is vulnerable will read that and say, oh, yeah, he's right. Boom, he's now got a new fan. He's now got someone who's going to follow him blindly. And it all has to do with what he looks like. And the same thing with this teal woman. That's where it starts. That's where it starts. It's
1: interesting to think about Miles as a cult leader.
0: (laughs) I've already I'm I'm telling you there's I, I'm telling you and if he's listening I'm telling him <laughs> I will I am going to pay attention to this guy and I am not going to let I'm not going to rest until I see that he's gone underground because this bullshit this this guy he's dangerous and I'm saying it right now guys like this with his little fandoms of women Pretend, well, no, I'm just going to heal you. That's what cult leaders do yeah. to get you in. And to do, and you know what they end up doing afterwards? Sleeping with you. Yeah. So this guy's a fraud and a creep. And I'm not going to stand by and just let this guy manipulate women and, and gaslight them. Not happening. So
1: what you're telling me is that your heart is not open to the gospel of Miles. Um, my heart is very closed.
0: <laughs> I am very closed off, I see. You are not willing um, to accept Miles into your life. <laughs> but it, it, we we spoke about pretty privilege before, and pretty people get away with a lot more. They just yeah. do. Yeah, they do. And Teal is a, a really good example. Miles, even like when you think of David Koresh, he was a good-looking guy conventionally. Was he? Give that a Yeah. Go. Give that a goog. We have to give credit to true crime obsessed for that. I can't just say that. Shout out to Chilean Pensavalle. She came up with that. Give it a goog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Patrick Hines did it. In. Um, we love you guys. <laughs> um,
1: so David Koresh. All right, the glasses. I remember. Yeah, and if you, yeah, if you take those away, sure.
0: Yeah, Reason, reasonably attractive guy. Yeah. And look, I'm not saying he attracted the supermodels, you know, I'm not saying, you know, the women he attracted, I'm not saying they were, you know, being courted by Wilhelmina modeling agency, Mm -hmm. but he he was good looking enough and he paid enough attention to these women and he made each one of them feel special that they fall. Same thing with, what's his name? Manson. He made these, you know, if he weren't crazy, (laughs) if he weren't a murdering psychopath, he was very charismatic. He was another one that you're listening and what he's saying makes absolutely no sense and he sounds completely batshit, but the passion behind it, you're like, no, yeah, I totally agree. We should go to that house and then write pig on the wall in blood. <laughs> I'm with you. I feel it. That yes. to me. It makes sense to me.
1: <laughs> um, I heard recently that the people most vulnerable to cults and cult leaders are people who are above average intelligence. And are agnostic or atheist. Really? Um, oh, and also, and also most of them have finished college. <laughs> That's interesting and frightening at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> I, think it, it, I think it kind of makes sense because I think you have to be somewhat open, right, to new ideas, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which hopefully after college you are. Um, I think you, yeah, obviously if, if you're already involved in a church, you're probably not going to fall into a cult. So yeah,
0: agnostic or atheist, it kind of, it kind of makes anything that sort of dispels the idea of God they're going to be down with. Right. Yeah. And it, it
1: makes sense too, because I think ultimately everyone can agree that this whole life thing would be much easier if someone else could just tell us how to do it.
0: Right. Yeah. (laughs) Someone else were in charge. That yeah, I just better. want to. Yeah, and, and and there are cults that don't look like cults, like right. Landmark Advisors, allegedly. Yeah, <laughs> like that Landmark Advisors. I can remember my friend got brought into one of those. One of those, and he called me afterwards, and he's like, "Holy shit, I don't know what just happened." <laughs> he said, "But I feel like I escaped with my my life." Wow. I, 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 he said, "It was, it was, it was eerie." Huh. The way they were talking, and it was all so devoid of any authenticity yeah an emotion (laughs) so yeah there's i i'm mostly concerned about women that get sucked into this stuff
1: and traditionally i am too which is why i find teal swan such an interesting figure
0: such an enigma (laughs) you know
1: because every now and then it's it's a little fun to root for the villain And she's sort of the, she's the Maleficent
0: of her own story. The Maleficent. Oh my God. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I I definitely think that you'll be reading that you'll be listening to this and throughout each episode, you'll be going, no, I totally get, no, she's crazy. No, but, but still, and no, she's nuts. Yeah. And it, you really don't ever, it's not one way or another. Right. And then there's a part of me too, that's like, oh, it's just refreshing
1: to see a woman in this role. Uh, of course. I mean, I don't
0: know if "refreshing" is the word. Uh, empowering. No, no, not that word either. What is it? Um, I think. Well, I guess what you're saying is it's. It, well, no, wait a minute. What about the woman who led uh, Sheila? Who led? Uh, oh, the Rajnishis. The yeah. Rajnishis. Well, you know, tough titties. I,
1: <laughs> I think. I think she was fascinating as well. She right. She fled to, um, oh, where did she go? Norway, Switzerland, something, something like sure. that. She's doing elder care now, right?
0: <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> That's horrifying. It That's is. horrifying. It is. But I see your point that it's that a woman could have that kind of control, that kind of power, and influence, and influence. Yes. Yeah. Now yeah that that is impressive uh now she could just not be potentially a murderer or have something to do with that the murder is not great allegedly allegedly (laughs) (laughs)
1: um but that's the way of cults i guess you know Mm -hmm. you're you're gonna get there
0: eventually are you following the nexium thing (sighs) nexium is that the sex cult yeah (laughs) Oh, <laughs> uh, the one with the the actress that, from Smallville? hmm Yeah, no, I, I can only take so much. Okay, you're, I, you're I, culted out. <laughs> I'm culted out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But we can Fair we enough. can talk about that one on a coming show. I'm just going to have to listen to some of the episodes. So the podcast is called The Gateway. It's on uh, all your regular platforms. I was listening to it on Spotify. and it And it is fascinating because, like you said, you go back and forth. You go back and forth the whole time, mm-hmm. trying to, wondering, like, is what, what's going on here? I don't know. So, now, we've touched on Miles and men who are douchebags. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I want to talk about uh, this week's Ask Polly column that was in the cut. And, I, again, I love the cut. And I love Heather ha- Havrliski. Havrliski? I love her columns and I, I love the advice that she gives. I wasn't crazy about the advice in this one uh, because I thought it was a little self-obsessed. But the the gist of it is, dear Polly, I have always had issues with men. It stems from my dad, of course, what else, who killed himself when I was a baby. I never thought this actually affected me at all. Still, I denied it for a long time. But even my mom would tell me that I needed to fix my problems with the male population. I was always afraid of men. It was like a fear hate relationship with literally every guy I met. And then she goes on to talk about these two men that she met at a very young age. The first one was at 17 and he was one of those, you know, guys that you'd go out with and you'd hook up with and you'd have sex with, but he would, but we're not dating it, it, but you are dating, but he wouldn't admit to it being dating for whatever reason. Uh, he said he wouldn't date me because he didn't want to hurt me and ruin our amazing friendship.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Classic. <Okay. laughs>
0: I told him I wouldn't have sex with him unless we were dating. Always, I mean, never, never a good move because a guy is only as sincere as his options. People in general are only as sincere as their options. Mm-hmm. And then she says, I suppose, I suppose that's the reason why he eventually asked me to be his girlfriend. I was so excited. I thought I was in love. And more importantly, I thought he really liked me and cared about me. Two weeks into our relationship, he cheated on me on my 18th birthday. The aftermath was typical heartbreak stuff, sobbing to my mom, blocking his number. You know the drill. When I went home for winter break, I felt like I had finally gotten over him. I didn't feel resentment or anger anymore when I thought about him. Then comes the next guy, and she goes on to talk about the next guy that she meets, and this is a guy, long story short, I lost my virginity to him, and then he ghosted me. This hurt almost as much as my boyfriend cheating on me. I gave him something that I can never get back. To him, I was just another girl he could brag to his friends about fucking, but to me, he was the guy I really liked and will always remember as the person I lost my virginity to. After all of that, all of the pain from my first relationship came back. Now I'm just as heartbroken as I was before, plus a little more. Okay. I'm going to stop there. What were you, when you read this, what did you think? Oh, I, I had a lot of thoughts. <laughs> well, do share. Um,
1: well, I think my my first thought was probably that this person is walking around like an open wound. Mm-hmm. And as, as long as you are this vulnerable, and as long as you make the stakes this high, you will mm-hmm. continue to get hurt. That doesn't mean that these guys she's talking about are not dicks, <laughs> mm-hmm. because they are, and they shouldn't. They, they shouldn't be taking advantage of a person who is this vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, but i I think my initial thought was that the underlying issue here is everything is high stakes for this person, um, and she could be a little breezier. <laughs> And um, negates the breezy. Yeah. Well. Yeah. If you, if you try, <laughs> I guess you you're try. Not you're negating the breezy. <laughs> um, but I mean, all jokes aside, you can you can work on and cultivate breeziness because I think all women have to, at least all women in heterosexual relationships, um, because we grow up with all that prince charming nonsense, right? And so, mm-hmm. like, you know, we've always got our eye on the prize. <laughs> or and then you have to like decondition yourself away from that right Mm -hmm. so you have to sort of think like well you know not every relationship has to have like a higher purpose it doesn't have to be going toward marriage like they can have you know there's lots of reasons to be in a relationship and most of them are just for practice
0: just for practice wow I'd like, I kind of like that. I guess guys are just for practice. Is that what you're saying?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, and I've, I've said that, I mean, I think I said that to my first boyfriend. (laughs) We were were talking about, oh, are we going to break up when we go to college? And I was like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, this is, this has just been for practice. Um, so, and it, and, but I think that's okay. I mean, that's what most relationships are, right? You're supposed to learn from them and move on.
0: Right, she she signs off the the letter saying, "I mean, am I just completely unlovable? Why do guys only want to have sex with me, never more? They don't even want to be my friend. I feel like I'll never have the answers I'm looking for." Yeah, well, see that's
1: and, the problem too, right? Because she's obviously she's made her virgin.
0: Well, she's, she's just taking sex too seriously. No, she's just young. She's young. She's. It sounds like she's maybe 21, 22 years old. Very young. And she's basing her whole belief system of men on two, what, 21-year-old guys? Which yeah. is like, oh, Christ. Like, they're, they're assholes. They're just like penises walking around. <laughs> like, that's all there exactly. is with arms and legs. That's it. Basically. They're just penises with arms and legs Yeah. At well, 21. Heather says something similar.
1: I think she says something to the effect of you know, if you if you base all of your belief on these two experiences that you happen very early on, of course you're going to mm-hmm. be disappointed. <laughs> of right. course you're going to yeah. be afraid to try again. And then right. she cites a couple of examples from her own life, which you didn't yeah. like,
0: but I thought I thought they were relevant. I just felt like she made this too much about herself, and and not enough. Uh, I I don't feel like she really delved into hmm. Why do you think this this is happening to you? Because I don't think it's a pattern yet. Twice is not a pattern. Three right. times is a pattern. But, you know, it's interesting that she starts off by saying, my father killed himself. Right. We don't really ever go back to that. We never go back to that. And she finishes the letter and never goes back to it. And, and I found that interesting because more than likely, her father dying and not just dying, but committing suicide. Mm-hmm. That abandonment is probably, I'm, it, she's potentially recreating these scenarios. I mean, she's recreating that. That seems likely. Yeah. You know, it's that repetition compulsion that I, that I talked about. Potentially. I don't know. I'm not this woman. And twice is certainly not a pattern, but. I think what is going on here, it's, it's really not even these guys. What these guys, what what's happening is when these guys leave, the wound from her father leaving, and when she says, "Why do guys only want to have sex with me and never more? They don't even want to be my friend," you know. I mean, am I just completely unlovable? She's she's thinking this. I think because her father didn't just die; right. he killed himself, and to a young person, to a child, certainly, it's. Why didn't you love me enough to stay? You know, and that's always something that, like, I've gone through with my mother. You know, my mother knew she had a tumor. My mother knew it. She didn't go to the doctors. It grew to the size of, like, a golf ball, the tumor. And she went to the doctor. And it was stage four. Nothing could be done. And eventually she quit chemo. And that is something that I've never really gotten past. You know why didn't you put us first? We you had kids. My mother was had very very bad anxiety, bad anxiety, and you know now as I get older, I can I can kind of understand like the that anxiety the anxiety ruled her, Mm -hmm. but there is that feeling of why wasn't I important enough? Why wasn't I important enough to fight for? Why didn't you fight for me? Why did you give up? Yeah, and so when I read this. I wonder if when these men leave her what's what she's really feeling is that pain towards her father what's really being reopened is you know why didn't my father stick around why did you know wh- why why didn't he love me
1: yeah i i don't think that's a wild theory considering she brings it up herself
0: She brings it up herself and then completely (laughs) dismisses it, and so I was kind of like, "Oh, Heather, man, you totally missed a cue there." Like she she brought that she brought that up, and even when in writing, and I remember when I used to read certain certain letters, you know, it was never a it was never just a coincidence. Like certain wording, yeah, things like that. It's just it's (laughs) not a coincidence. Like people include that stuff for a reason. They might not know what the reason is. But they include it and it's what they, you know, and the the things that they include versus what they don't include actually tell you quite a bit. And I think in this case, and this is, you know, with abandonment, the feelings of abandonment run very, very deep. And I I, I know for me it can be easily triggered. And this is why dating for me is so it's such a double-edged sword. Because, you know, I the rejection triggers me. Mm-hmm. I compl- I just become a complete. Uh, I I fall into a depression. Even like I was, I was on OK Cupid this week, and I'm flipping through, and I started to cry because these apps dating, what it brings up for me really is this this sense of loss and pain, and do I really want to do this? And I have to read, like I have to completely change my brain and and how I look at it. I have to make a concerted effort to change the messaging in my brain when I'm doing this, yeah. you know, Oh, Hey, think of the possibility or, you know, Oh, he he's cute. And you don't know that it's, you could be, who knows who, you know, who's interested and who isn't. Yeah. Or think of it as practice. They could be practice. Sure. But in any case, I guess what struck me about, what struck me about this is that feeling of why co- being completely unlovable and why doesn't anybody want me? I think that's what stuck with me because that was, that's always something that's sort of rolling around in my head that I have to, that I always have to sort of stand up to and say, that's not true. You know, when, when you have these messages and it's when, whether you have depression or not and depression, we all know who the inner critic is. If, If you suffer from depression or if you are a survivor of abuse, where that, that voice comes out and says, nobody wants you. See this is why you shouldn't do this. This is why you should stay home. You know, you're not worth it. And we have to learn how to stand up to that bully in our head and say that's not true. And you're not going to be Superman the first time you do it. But you can change your brain. You can change your brain and you can change your thoughts if you decide to tell to speak, you know, to talk back to that voice and say I am worth it. I am lovable. And you know, it's not that I wasn't it's not that I didn't matter. I wasn't important. It's that, you know, her father or my mother just their, their mental illness took them over. Yeah. They were in too much pain. Well, basically. so
1: you, you and Heather are kind of saying the same thing. Are we in the end? Yeah. Heather, um, says you need to stand on firm ground first and foremost when you're on firm ground, you'll know that men are not garbage. Men are simply enabled by our deeply stupid, unbelievably greedy, unnerving, unnervingly ignorant garbage culture. <laughs> oh, um, well. And, but well, but before that, she actually does mention the dad's death. Um, but in a, in a really strange way, she says your dad's death is relevant, mostly because you weren't around men growing up. Hmm. Huh um so heather is i guess trying to say that you know she's the the writer here miss miss heartbroken is mystifying men and they're not actually that mysterious but i don't i don't think that's it (laughs) i don't think i don't think it's that she doesn't understand men i think it's
0: She's, she's she's i don't know she's she's is she, she she's not i mean look we all chose bad guys when we were 21 or 22 well, right and we didn't know better yeah she'll figure it out <laughs> Right. we all it, hopefully she'll figure it out long before i did or long before other people did yeah but over time we we learn like you're supposed to go through these yeah you're supposed to t- sort of this way <laughs> you're supposed to go through that you're supposed to meet those guys because it sort of educates you and uh, about what you what you'll Tolerate what you won't tolerate. Right. Okay. Now, uh, I like going back to the letters that I received.
1: Uh (laughs) You do? do? How often do you do this?
0: Well, I've been doing it because I've, uh, let's just, I'm working on a project, let's just say. Okay. And I've been reading a lot of the letters. And this one, uh, I starred ones that I want to use here in the show. And this one is kind of a doozy. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: It says, uh, Hi, Moxie. I'm a 53-year-old woman, and I've been dating my current boyfriend for about 18 months. Brian is 58, and we've both been divorced a few years. We've had a couple of minor rough spots in our relationship the last year and a half, but for the most part, it's been good. We're pretty much inseparable. He says he loves me and eventually wants to live together and get married. Here's my issue. When I'm... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh. <Wait a> <laughs> Sorry, okay.
1: I gotta keep it together.
0: <laughs> Here, here's my issue.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: when I met Brian, he was already on Instagram. I'm a Facebook person, so it did so didn't really know what it was. So I didn't really know what it was. I joined Instagram about a year ago to see what it was all about, and because Brian is always on it. Oof Anywho, as I became more familiar with the app, what I noticed was that Brian liked and commented daily on what I would classify as soft porn pics of various women. I was uncomfortable with this, so I eventually brought it up to him, and that particular behavior has stopped. However, what I don't think he knows is I've caught on to, what I don't think he knows I've caught on to is what I've come to terms with. Is that I've come to terms with his like fucking several younger, attractive, and single women he knows personally through their mutual involvement in sports. By this I mean he likes every single one of their pictures, whether these women are come hither pose or they're doing something totally innocuous. So I'm just going to stop there and say Brian's a creep. There, I said it, and uh, that's the. (laughs) I kind of feel like that's that's sort of the um, answer to this because that I I I don't know I find this kind of behavior creepy mm-hmm uh, yeah. i'm sorry it, D- hello <laughs> it, oh I, I i agreed i guess you didn't hear me sorry no i did hear you but i wanted to hear more oh you wanted more. well so uh
1: in my 20s i um i had an acquaintance um called old bill <laughs> Ooh, he sounds like a charmer old bill uh was this dude who would just sort of orbit um, again, in, intramural adult sports <laughs> and he, you know, he just thought he was one of us and we called him old Bill. So my advice to this writer is, you know, don't worry about it <laughs> because the women whose pictures he's liking are probably calling him old Brian.
0: Yeah. Well <laughs> Gross the rest of the letter of let me continue with the letter while he sometimes likes and comments on other people's posts in general, including mine or his sons, it's somewhat random and certainly not every single picture. What's even more disconcerting is that this nonstop liking continues until one of two things seem to happen. One, he eventually stops when a particular woman isn't reciprocating, probably clearly seeing on Instagram that he has a girlfriend or two (laughs) or, or two, or two, you can see by her post that the woman he's liking has found a new relationship with someone else. Maybe this last this last situation was was this past week. He liked this woman's post nonstop for the last year until the absolute very picture of her and her new boyfriend went up, and now there hasn't been a single like since some twenty pictures later. That
1: is a lot of record keeping.
0: I was just gonna say, whoa, a lot of I, data. Like, <laughs> that's a yeah. We're we're treading into like this sort of obsessive if you if you feel the need to go go to these lengths then there are deeper issues in your relationship than you realize
1: they're pretty much inseparable
0: they're pretty what'd you say they're pretty much inseparable
1: that's what she says at the beginning
0: right before she said here's my issue (laughs) yeah how can you be inseparable and, and be tracking him this way
1: well, I guess he's um I guess he's Instagram liking while while they're together, right? Like they're probably
0: maybe. In no, the same I think room. she's actually. Yeah. No, I think she's actually like checking on his You can you oh, can she's, see she's someone's activity. Too. Yeah, she's yeah. doing that too.
1: But I also believe that he doesn't respect her enough to wait till he's alone. I I totally see him out to dinner with her and just scrolling through Instagram.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I can totally see that. I'm, I kind of have to laugh at what's the term she used. He's like fucking like fucking. Yeah. <laughs> He's like fucking women on uh, Instagram. Yeah. We all have those guys that will like, and and, and I've, I've had them on Facebook and I'm certainly not bragging, but there was always this one guy who would comment and everything and like everything until I just finally booted him. So I was like, I don't like, I don't want your comments. I give you no attention. I don't like this. The attention—it became creepy, mm-hmm. and I think that's why the women didn't reciprocate it. Yeah, they're not interested, <laughs> <Because> man. They, <laughs> right, they thought he was creepy. They wanted to stop. Right, it's like some old guy commenting on their stuff. Yeah. It's creepy, okay. but I feel okay. like if you if you feel the need to to do this kind of recon work on someone that you're dating, uh, that speaks to. That speaks to I think the the level of trust in your relationship I would think. Well,
1: I think she's picking up on the fact that he's you know, he's uh, he's exploring
0: his options. Is he exploring his options because were any of these women actually oh, there? Let's be They're real. more
1: limited than he believes. <laughs> but right. he's. I guess maybe a better way to put it is that he's already got one foot out the door.
0: You know, uh, is it that he has one foot out the door or is it just that he's looking for attention? Oh, you think he's it's just like a midlife crisis. <laughs> just, just I mean 58 is kind of late for a midlife crisis, but I I it's just there's something sort of I don't know, something very sad about this. Not not sad as in womp womp, but sad as in pathetic that he's like thumbing through Instagram and liking these young girls' posts. Like what is he hoping to achieve, I guess is what I don't understand. I don't know.
1: Well, They're I don't no, I, 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 I think he is is just throwing stuff out to see if anything sticks.
0: Huh. Or is he engaging in safe in behavior he thinks doesn't qualify as cheating like it's sort of a you know how people flirt you know oh, I have my my work husband or whatever it's sort of that that safety net of well I can do you know what i mean because i know a lot of people who still like they have these they have these facebook relationships with their high school sweetheart or their college sweetheart and it's just exchanging messages and nothing more and and i do think i think that's more common than people realize
1: but don't i get the sense that uh this dude would like to cheat
0: given the option i think every quite frankly i think every person in a a relationship after a certain point wants to wants something else yeah but this they've
1: been in a relationship for a year and a half (laughs) it's they've been dating 18 months
0: Right. I mean, you you can still get bored. Oh, yeah. You still get bored with somebody. All right. After X amount of time. All right. I you, know, you just want something new. You just want some attention. I'm not saying I'm okay with this. Like, if I found out that a guy was doing this and, and we were dating, I would. I, I'd, pro- I'd. It would really turn me off because it would just seem so pathetic. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I. I don't know. I don't know. I just I think what I'm more focused on is if you are investing this much time in 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 figuring finding out what he's doing that should tell you all you need to know. Yeah. And she says to me what his behavior suggests is that he's fishing either for attention or to gauge these women's potential interest in him if any. He's attempting to tell them I watch every single thing you do and I want you to know it. Ooh, oh, that sounds great. Women love that. Yeah, we'd love that. I haven't brought this up to him, mostly due to the plausible deniability of the situation. While I truly believe Brian wouldn't cheat, I find this behavior immature at best and pretty shady at worst, especially for someone his age in an exclusive relationship. I feel it's hurtful and disrespectful to me, and I'd sure love to get some perspective from folks on this. Trust is everything, and at my age, I really don't want to have to deal with this kind of monkey business, so I'm thinking of ending it. Yeah. Um, I, I think what I would do is talk to him and say, you know what, you you might just have to bite the bullet on this and say, you know what, I noticed on Instagram that you like a lot of these young girls, you know, photos. And if they try to turn it around on you, well, there's your answer too. like, and they probably will. And you have to stay, stand very strong and say, we're not talking about me right now. We're talking about you. We can talk about me when we're finished. So you're saying
1: if he, if he says, well, why are you looking at what I'm doing?
0: Right. She can say, we're not talking about me right now, but we can, we can address that right now. I want to talk about what I, what I've seen and what I've seen is you like to, um, you know, like all these photos and keep in mind, it's not like she's trawling through his inbox. Mm -hmm. It's very different. This stuff is public. Right. Very public. She's not breaking into uh, I- into an inbox. She's not hacking a password. The, all this stuff you can see people's activity. So that's all you have to say is it, your activity is public. Next, yeah. What's your point? We're moving on. I wonder if Brian are, knows that. I mean, I, I'm
1: gonna. I, I guarantee you he doesn't. <laughs> I, I was gonna I'm, I'm gonna get a little ageist here <laughs> and point out yeah. that Brian is 58 and on the internet and. Uh, I, I don't know that he knows that this is all open.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just... In general, with the social media, you know, I, I don't... I I just think that social media in general I think can be a really, really bad addition to a relationship. Um, I, I don't know. I think
1: it's only going to unearth what's already there. Because... I mean, the problem isn't that he's liking women's pictures on Instagram, right? The problem is that he's keeping his options open, looking around for something else. Or that he he just, he can't move on from something. Like, he's pursuing younger women because he regrets the path his life has taken, and now he's having a midlife crisis or whatever, and, you know, whatever kind of John uptake. Yeah. storylines. <laughs> We're going with it. yeah Um but he thinks he's a tragic figure. Um I, I don't I don't know. I mean he's definitely tragic, but not for the reasons he thinks.
0: Not for the reason he um, thinks. I I mean but, I I would just have to bring I would just say it. I would just call him out on it and say, let's talk about it.
1: I think I, I would try not- to redirect his energy. Because again, I don't think that he really has the option to cheat with whom he would like to cheat with right um i think that it's more about he just he just feels old and he doesn't want to feel old right he wants to feel like he has more time and more options and i I think i would just try to channel that toward like a new hobby (laughs) like why don't we why don't we try to use this energy toward like you know, moving away from but, regret. But is
0: that going is that going to st- help her stop obsessively checking his social media? Because that's the other goal. The other goal is how do we wean you off of obsessively checking his Instagram activity?
1: Well, presumably, if if Brian could get to a better place in terms of inner peace or whatever he needs, I think he he would be happier, right? And she probably wouldn't feel the need to check up on him as much because you serious do you really believe that well why are you here what are you doing
0: i I can't why do i have you on the show (laughs) if it worked (laughs) but
1: i don't know that it would work because here's i mean here's the first thing i thought was what are you waiting for she's 53 he's 58 eventually we want to live together and get married well when the fuck is that do it now right (laughs) <laughs> right, you've both had enough experience by this point that you know if this is for real or not. What are you waiting right. for?
0: Well, this is what I'm saying is to have a conversation. like what is this about? What could, because there could be deeper issues to uncover. Like sure. what is this about? You seem to be why you know you're you're liking all these pictures and you don't want to move in together, but you say that you love me, you know these th- this is incongruous when their words and their behavior don't line up. That's when you have to have to have a conversation. And what is it? What are you, What is keeping you from moving to the next level? Because there's something and we need to talk about it. And we need to we need to talk about it and decide, like, is this something that we can address and work on together and work through? Or is this where we part ways? Yeah,
1: what? yeah you could do that. Or you could try to get him a new hobby. <laughs>
0: I don't know. No, the new hobby. She, that's not going to stop her from obsessive because then she's just going to spend the rest of her life checking his Instagram. Yeah. It's always going to be in the back of her head. Well, and you know what? Even if... Go ahead. Don't you think after a certain point, if all she
1: sees are pictures of what he's working on on the kiln, that
0: eventually she could relax? Do you? But do you really believe that he's just going to quit cold turkey? Because what I think he's going to do is create a different account that she doesn't know about.
1: Well, if he knows that she knows, that's why I'm saying she shouldn't tell him that she knows. She should just try to rechannel his energy. Like he's a puppy or something.
0: Like Ugh, he's a Jesus. puppy chewing on your curtains. Who has the energy for this bullshit? <laughs> oh my god, god bless you. You're married? What the... No, here you go. Here's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing that you're liking all these hot girls on Instagram. Let's talk about that and scene yeah i mean it's it's
1: hard for me to know what i would do in that situation because uh my husband also knows old bill so i think he oh. he would reckon if he were doing it i think he would recognize oh this behavior is creepy and probably rein himself in so it's it's hard for me to put myself in this person's shoes um i'll yeah. admit that <laughs> but i i just think You know, bring it up probably isn't going to change it. It's just going to embarrass him. Not that he
0: shouldn't be embarrassed, but, you know. Okay. Yeah, we can agree to disagree on this one. I I think the the overreaching issue here is, you know, what social media sort of unearths. Yeah. Well, yeah. (laughs) About your partner, stuff that you don't know, stuff that you didn't see. When you were dating and you, you know, start trawling through all those photos and you're like, wait a minute, what's this picture with the unicorn? Yeah. <laughs> what's going on here? You know, <laughs> you know what what is that? What is going on here? And you start to, and then when you do see the things that they like, I mean, how many reality TV show people, once they go on TV, you know, everyone starts swarming around their social media to see if they can find something and they unearth likes of anti-Semitic posts. Ugh, yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, this is, so on one hand, I think, you know, it isn't, I don't know, maybe it isn't, I don't know. (laughs) It's important to what you're saying. (laughs) I don't, I have no, I don't know. What would I say to this chick? I would say, talk to him, ask him why he's doing it. Oh, you know, have an honest conversation and, you know, hopefully it'll bring you closer, but do it knowing that he might say, I'm not happy and I want out and, you know, and you're okay. Either way, you're fine either way, but just get it out in the open because this is going to eat you alive until you figure out what he's doing and why. Or you
1: could just conclude, you know, I'm already monitoring him, so maybe I should just leave.
0: True. True. Oh, Sarah, I think we're going to have to agree to disagree on this one.
1: (laughs) Well, as I said, I don't really know what I would do.
0: Yeah, who knows anymore? I, I don't know what to tell you. Jesus, I don't think if I if I were getting these letters now, I don't think I'd ever have... I mean, I had very little patience before, but now <laughs> I'd just be like, oh, fuck, I don't know. Why are you asking me? <laughs> the answer is, fuck that guy. The <laughs> is, fuck that guy. Next question. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, Do you remember the letter that I sent you? No. Mm. I... Shut up. I like to think that it was... uh pretty unique
0: <laughs> hold on hold on hold on let's know let's know hold on I'm going to search for it I'm going to search for your email submitted huh
1: when did you send it oh let's see um, circa 2007 seven, eight.
0: Wow. Really? That long ago? Oh, come on. Talk to me. What was it? Um,
1: well, (laughs) um, it was not about the relationship I was in. Um, which is interesting because my ex-boyfriend is the one that actually showed me your blog in the first place. Um, so yeah, I mean that, that was like the best thing to come out of that relationship. Um, (laughs) Um, but it wasn't was he all... making fun of me? At the, was he making fun of me at the no, time? No, he just was like, "Hey, I think you'd like this." I don't know how he came across it. I'm I'm not sure, but he just pointed it out to me as a thing I might like, and I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't write about him um because I knew the answer was fuck that guy. Um, <laughs> but I I was asking whether I should um go to this wedding I got invited to, and the wedding was between a friend, um, or I guess rather like a person that I thought was a friend, (laughs) Uh um, and a guy that had ghosted me and you
0: told me, Oh no. Was I an asshole? No,
1: you were not an asshole. Um, and you told me that I didn't have to go. Um, and that, um, you know, any 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 acknowledgement, like whether I sent a gift, a card, simply RSVP'd no, was like more than was required of me. <laughs> um, so I did not go.
0: Do you feel better about that, or did you re- immediately g- regret? No, it? <laughs> I feel
1: I feel fine about not going. I don't feel like I missed the party of the century or anything. You know,
0: right? Cause... God, I'm, I was holding my breath. I'm like, oh, please don't let me have been an <laughs> asshole. <laughs>
1: No, um, you were not an asshole. But I I was genuinely confused about whether or not I was obligated to go to this event. And it was in another Fuck that guy. No, <laughs> screw it. It was also in another state. So it was like shaping up to be this very costly and awkward experience.
0: Oh, I can't stand people who like, I barely know you. Come to my out-of-state wedding and spend thousands. Fuck well, you. My, I'm not going my to your friend, wedding.
1: I knew very well. I I knew her for like seven years or something. So um Yeah, but then I so then I didn't go to that wedding and then we, we talked a couple times after that, but eventually she unfriended me on Facebook and that was kind of the end of it.
0: Because you didn't go to her wedding? Um I
1: I don't well I don't know if that was why. I think she probably would say like, you know, we're not friends anymore <laughs> because we did, you know, we were talking less.
0: No, she just got married. <laughs> I mean, that's you know, like hard her life changed, yeah, that's and hard you hard. know, she she got married. She was like focusing on her married life and like single friends. I I just think that a lot of times when people get married, they don't they they sort of stray away from their single friends because they're of, their, of a certain mentality. And then after a few years, when they're like eh, this marriage thing, not as, everything I thought it was, I, they contact their single friends and they're like, "Hey, let's grab a drink." And you're like, "Hey, suck my dick because you blew me off." It definitely could be that.
1: <laughs> um, I think it I think it just was more awkward for her to be like, "Oh, this person is, you know, not not a fan of my husband." And didn't come to my wedding and you know, any any conversation we could have about her current life would yeah. be I mean, I, I just wouldn't yeah. care. It was too difficult,
0: right. too much, too much water under the bridge. I get it. Oh, Sarah. Yeah. It is that time. Yes. Another great show. minute, an hour and 15 minutes. We're really, we're really um, coming in under the, under the wire. A lot of times I try not to go, I try not to go too long because I know when I, listen to podcasts if i see the time is more than say an hour an hour I, i'm like oh no I'm oh really dumb. i check out yeah i i mean an hour to an hour and 50 minutes is my limit <laughs> okay <laughs> but there are some that i see are two hours i'm like you've got to be shitting me what do you what could you possibly have to say for two yeah, hours no, that's
1: that's a bit much yeah but i don't i don't mind
0: an hour hour and a half personally i
1: have a long group yeah. though so that's why
0: oh yeah that's right any good uh podcast recommendations oh, the, gateway. The, gateway?
1: the gateway for sure um that's it <laughs> that's it all i don't right. have anything new there's Whoa, one oh wait i do i one, do the cut has a podcast oh and it's very
0: good Is it? What is it more What is about, like, Uh, womanly stuff?
1: Well, there's a couple running themes. Um, Every now and then they do an episode that's an interview with a famous person. um, And it's, like, how they get it done. So it's usually about work-life balance. Mm -hmm. um, Or, like, how they achieved some milestone. Mm -hmm. Um, So how they get it done. But then they also have um, specific topics. Like, I, I listened to one yesterday that was called What If You Regret Being a Mother. Ooh. That was pretty heavy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they're not all that heavy. So um, they had uh, Jill Kargman on, whom I really like. Did you watch her show? Jill Cartman? Kargman? Cargman, yeah. Who's
0: Jill Kargman?
1: Jill Kargman um, had a show called Odd Mom Out on Bravo that had two seasons, um, which was set in Manhattan and it was um, very witty. <laughs>
0: You know, now that because I'm sitting here as I'm listening, I just went to my Spotify podcast file because I want to see which one I'm listening to, and I just remembered. Did you hear now that like people s- stalk other people on Spotify? No. And there was this one. Why? I think it was. In, I think it was on Twitter. I saw this. Someone said that she found out that a, somebody that she knew was like following like basically stalking her on Spotify. And whenever she would play this playlist of sad songs, actually we know it was a friend of hers. It was a friend of hers. And whenever she would play this certain playlist and it was this sad playlist. And I think it had some really sort of alarming, like songs that make me cry because I'm very, very depressed, Mm -hmm. whatever. She said, every time I would, I would be playing that I would get a text from this friend saying, Hey, how are you doing? Just checking in. And she never put two and two together. Until recently, she's like, anytime she would see me with playing that playlist, she would send me a text.
1: Well, is that stalking or is that just being observant?
0: Right. No, I I corrected myself, but there are other people like, (laughs) I uh, might read a couple of forums about Cody Fern and (laughs) (laughs) there are some people like, wow, like when they talk about stands, woo, boy. Yeah. Well, I was... (laughs) You know, I saw on Venmo that, you know, in 2017, he oh he Venmoed his boyfriend $50. I'm like, okay, this is where we cross the line. This yeah. is where things get creepy.
1: This is why I always put my Spotify on private. Well, my Spotify is <laughs> on
0: private because I don't want people hearing, you know, I don't want people to know that I'm listening to, you know, Rainbow Connection and
1: right
0: <laughs> you know and stuff from the 80s like in emotion what are you talking about? <laughs> safety dance jesus how many times can somebody listen to safety dance well that's a classic it is a classic but still human league yeah <laughs> um so there's a podcast that i started listening to because i started getting into the real housewives of new york mm-hmm. And it's called Best Neighbors Podcast. It's uh, two women who live in Brooklyn, and they do recaps of the different Bravo shows. Mm. And one of them is Mm -hmm. the uh, Real Housewives of New York. I don't suppose you watch that, do you?
1: I've seen a couple episodes.
0: Yeah, wow. Uh, (laughs) That's another one. (laughs) One of them, I think I've said this, one of them works out at my gym. Yeah. Uh, And she's incredibly loud, and and she swears a lot. But I swear a lot, and I'm loud. so. Uh, in any case, yeah, I uh, I just started watching it as a sort of a guilty pleasure, and I read the, a couple of forums. If you like TV, if you're someone who likes television and you like to do, like discuss TV shows, there's a a, a show a, a site called Prime Timer. Okay, uh, it used to be called previously. Or previously TV primetimer.com and it, it has every show imaginable and people you know do, they do recaps and people go in and they talk about the different things do you watch uh you don't watch the bold type do you no I've never even heard of that Ooh, it's on free form anyway I get to find people who watch that show because wow that's another What's one the, what is it about it's about these three women who work for uh, a, a, an online women's magazine And it's loosely based on Joanna Coles, who was the editor-in-chief of Marie Claire, I believe. Yeah. And these three women are just like every hour on the hour they're at work and they're like, let's go to the fashion closet and talk about boys. Hmm. (laughs) Hey, let's leave in the middle of the day and go get lunch and then go call our boyfriends and get (laughs) laid. And you're like, how do you do – What in what world do you keep these – how do you still have a job? So, And anyway – that was that. They need, a, they need a Meryl Streep figure. They need office. a Meryl Streep. Well, they have the boss, and the boss, of course, is based on Joanna Coles. So, of course, the boss is perfect in every way, which completely ties the writer's hands. <laughs> because they can't make the boss an asshole, which is what you want. You like you want some tension. And this, yeah. Anyway, whatever. It'll, I, I don't want to get worked up. <laughs> guys follow us on Instagram women on top podcast follow us on Twitter women on top pod join the mailing list for women on top podcast.com for our, uh, upcoming news about our coaching sessions I'm gonna do a free coaching session in a few weeks I take my I take my test in six weeks and I am psyched and I got I was doing my uh, prac my practicum this week I was doing a practice session and my instructor said uh, She said, you're, you're very passionate. And she said, that is going to serve you, serve you very well in your practice. I'm like, oh, thank you. That made me feel, it it feels good to know that, uh, that I I just feel good. I just like this. I know this is something that I'm going to excel at. I know I'm going to be good at it and to know that other people can see that, that feels good. So in any case, thank you for listening, Sarah. Yeah. Thank you for joining us again. You're welcome. And uh, we'll see you guys later. Bye, Sarah.
1: Bye.